But then I think I'm the one that overrules sometimes, and then people get upset with me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Liz is like, yeah. No, no. (laughs) I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers. But we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners. Welcome back to yet another episode of the podcast without a glass of wine, (laughs) but with lots of good conversation. So we're 50% there. Yeah, and also there was a great attempt because you had a bottle of wine that you I forgot did. to bring over. in the fridge. And then I had a bottle of wine sitting on our counter that I had before we left for Denver and we just got back today. And I went to pick it up to pour us some glasses and it was empty. Who drank it? Some... Cody. <laughs> I didn't know he liked Somebody wine. Somebody did not throw the empty glass bottle into the trash can. Cody. So, yeah. Well, today is actually a really, I think, great topic for our little milestone. Yes. Today we are at one year. It's our one year birthday. It is. For Wine and Shine. And I'm weirdly nerding out about it. I think it's so fun. It is. And so how appropriate that today we're talking about friendship because these conversations and what we're talking about today is actually the whole reason we started Wine and Shine. Mm -hmm. So we didn't plan it that way, but it feels very appropriate. It does. Yeah. It's perfect timing. Um, In this episode, guys, I'm telling you, I think it's a, a... topic that we don't really focus on. Like a lot of us have issues with our friends or making friends or staying consistent with our friendships, but for some reason we don't think it's something that truly affects like our health and well-being as mm-hmm. much as it does. And this conversation just brings to light how crucial friendships are and how important it is to maintain them and what to do if they're starting to fall apart. Yeah. It it completely reshaped how I view friendship, Mm -hmm. I would say, in the course of an hour. So Mm -hmm. So hopefully it'll do the same for you. We are talking today with Shasta Nelson, and she is an expert on friendship. She has two books, Friendtimacy, How to Deepen Friendships for Lifelong Health and Happiness, and Friendships Don't Just Happen, The Guide to Creating a Meaningful Circle of Girlfriends. She's also the founder of GirlfriendCircles.com, which is an online group that you can kind of think of as like a gym membership Mm -hmm. for your friendships. Um, She also builds and teaches classes at the Friendship University. She's also been on TV shows like Katie Couric and the Today Show and has been featured in newspapers and magazines, including the New York Times, Good Housekeeping, Health, and Forbes. So this is obviously a topic that many people want to hear about. Mm-hmm. And she has so many resources online and other places that you can find out how to be a better friend. Yeah, and, you know, I think this episode is great for so many different types of people, like whether you have just moved and you're looking to make friends or you're just looking to strengthen the ones you have or maybe you have some friendships that are falling apart and you just want to figure out what's happening with them, you will find all of the answers in this episode. Yes, so let's launch into our episode with Shasta Nelson. Thank you, Shasta, so much for coming on to talk to us today. We're really excited to uh, talk to you about a topic that we've been wanting to cover for Mm -hmm. a long time, which is friendship. Yeah. And one of our listeners actually recommended we talk to somebody about friendship, so it was perfect. Yeah. Yay. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, would you mind just giving our listeners a little bit of background on who you are and how you came to being an expert on friendship? Yes, I, that's a big question. Um, yeah, well, in a nutshell, I was actually a life coach at the time, and I just kept talking to amazing women who were rocking it in their careers and love lives and and hiring me for kind of uh, trying to make big decisions or reach new goals. And every time I kind of kept asking, like, so who's supporting you? Who are your friends? And because I knew that their success of whatever they were trying to accomplish was so shaped by the, by what they were hearing from people close to them that mm-hmm. I was always asking that question and how supported they felt. And I continued to hear this just really common theme of like, well, I mean, I have friends, but yeah, I didn't really talk to them about this or, well, I just went through this breakup and I feel like all my friends were kind of his friends and yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I have I just moved here like six or so months ago and I have kind of lost touch with my other friends. I have, and I just kept hearing this theme and honestly, it started with me just trying to help a few people one-on-one being like, okay, this life area really matters and it's going to shape way more for your life than whatever it is you called and like hired me to help you shape. And we really need to make sure we're looking at this piece of your life. And it was really trying to help coach them through the process of making friends. Um, that, and it certainly brought back all my other experiences in my own life. And the research shows that we are all replacing half our close friends every seven years. So you think about who you're confiding in now and you think back seven years ago and chances are high that two or three of those are different people than who you were Hmm. confiding seven years ago. And those chances are high that seven years from now, you may not have even yet met the person that you're going to be confiding in seven years from now. So I just became something that I became really fascinated with. And so I started a website to help women find friends. I've been writing and researching and speaking on this topic now for 10 years, which is so hard to believe. And um, then at the time, it was just like everybody was so focused on romantic relationships and parent-child relationships. And it was so hard to find anything on friendship. So it's just been such a fun field and a fun focus to be in and to see all the health research and all the growth. But yeah, in a nutshell, that kind of, you know, and of course, uh, doing I do a lot of media interviews and helping shape kind of how, how we as a culture are talking about friendship and what we need to be doing to have healthier friendships. So this is just my area of passion. Yeah, I love that. And it's so needed. Like me and Liz talk about it quite often, just like the friends that we've had or the friendships in our life currently mm-hmm. and the things happening. And it's kind of surprising how many adults don't understand how to keep or how to foster really great relationships. So true. So true. I mean, I ask one of the survey responses, I, I do a lot of surveys and one of them I ask is how would you rate your mother uh, on how well she modeled friendship to you? Mm. And I give them a scale of one to five with five being, uh, you know, healthy and great and one being unhealthy or non-existent. And uh, only one in five women give their mothers a four or five. So it's actually pretty rare uh, for us to feel like we've had good modeling of it, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. So we then it goes like to TV and to movies and to books, hopefully. But yeah, most of us have never taken a class on friendship. We, you know, this is like the area of life that we will have more relationships in our life. We, we have we are going to be managing relationships the rest of our lives, and yet it's really staggering at how little education we do around it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, kudos to you girls for talking about it. <laughs> well, it's fascinating that you say that. That because I've noticed 
as I've gotten older, when I'm talking to mom about my mom about issues that I have in my friendships, they are all the exact same issues that she has historically had in her mm-hmm. friendships. Mm-hmm. So is that where um, that mother-daughter or parenting relationship, is that where most of the education is currently coming from? Or where are we picking up these messages about how to make and maintain friendships? It's a good question. There's so many different messages. I would guess most of us are doing it from trial and error. And so it starts on the playgrounds and when we're little and we just kind of like, it's like hit or miss. I don't think most of us um, are necessarily seeing our moms do friendships. So most of us aren't learning it by watching them. Unfortunately, Um, I would love to have more moms feeling totally comfortable saying, okay, you played with your friends at school today. Now I'm going out with my friends or to have friends over. But mm-hmm. I think um, I think we live in a culture where most moms don't even feel like they have enough time for their kids and their spouses. And so we really, friends become like the back burner, the kind of the lowest priority, unfortunately. And that's so sad for our health because our health uh, friendship is so, so, so important mm-hmm. to our health. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the messaging, you're right. We pick up, I one of the more damaging ones we talk about is like, even at a young age, we're always asked, who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? And like, you know, and so we just put so much focus on having this best friend. So we feel shame if we don't have a best friend. We feel a lot of like pressure that we're supposed to have a best friend for life. And that if anything goes wrong in that relationship, we feel a lot of shame if we can't make every friendship last forever. Um, And we have a lot of mixed messages around like how hard those relationships should be. We talk a lot about marriage being hard and and relationships taking work. But when it comes to our friendships, we get really disappointed and really hurt and we feel betrayed often. If there's any drama at all. So that's unfortunate. There's a lot that we don't, we could benefit if we talked from so much more. Uh, Me and Liz seem to have this problem. It's like really similar. I wonder if our moms have taught us this now. I'm curious. But we (laughs) seem to both acquire a lot of friends, I feel. Like we, mm-hmm. it sounds like not a problem. Actually, right. it sounds like a good thing. No, it <laughs> is. It's a good thing. But then the problem becomes, and we've noticed, like, what happens, and what do you tell people to do when you've created these friendships, but then things start to not feel as close as they used to. And then you have one friend that wants to be super close with you, but then you're not feeling the same relationship back. And how do you handle friendships that are falling apart? Mm. Those are, those are a lot of questions. <laughs> did I ask like three in one? I think I did. The triple. No, that's awesome. Well, I'll, I'll give it a hit and to try and you can like be like, nope, that was not it. Let's go here. But yeah, at the end of the day, loneliness, I'll start here. Loneliness is our body's way of saying that, that we are craving a different kind of connection than what we're experiencing. So I always say, um, when your body's hungry, it tells you that there's a need that it needs food. You know, when you're yawn, it needs sleep. When you feel that loneliness, it's your body saying that you need connection. And I just want to start with what you just so brilliantly said. And that is that a lot of us, our loneliness is not coming from not knowing enough people or not having enough friends. I'm actually finding that a lot of people's loneliness is coming from trying to manage too many relationships or mm. getting caught up in socializing and networking or in um, sometimes we are so peopled out, ironically, like a lot of us have jobs, we're around people all day long, or we're caring for people. And we, so we, some of us are kind of confused when we feel lonely, because we're just like, that's crazy. I would give anything just have a night by myself. And yet that doesn't mean we're not like lonely. And so I think the first thing we just really should reiterate is that when we feel lonely, it's because we're craving some kind of connection that we're not currently getting. And so it has nothing to do with how many friends we have. We can be like social 
person out every night of the week and still be lonely. Mm. So um, that's important to recognize. And then the second thing you were talking about is with all of those relationships, one of the things that we we would want to do is evaluate, and that's what you were talking about, evaluating each of those relationships to find out where, how healthy are they and where can they become healthier or more meaningful. And uh, my book, uh, my second book, Friendtimacy, uh, How to Deepen Friendships for Lifelong Health and Happiness, actually teaches, and maybe we can get into this, I actually yeah. teach the, the three requirements of all healthy relationships. Because when we actually understand what makes a healthy relationship, we then have information about like how to evaluate whether it's not healthy or and what to do to repair the relationship if we want to repair the relationship. So I don't know if you want to, we can jump into that. Yeah, or sure. Mess. Yeah. So at a really quick, uh, there's three requirements for every relationship. And this is so helpful for most of us because most of us haven't even been taught how to define what a friendship is. Mm-hmm. We just kind of think it's anybody we like or anybody who likes us back or anybody who makes us laugh. And when we ask what a friendship is, you know, what a friend is, we tend to use all kinds of like romantic language, like, oh, somebody who's always there for me and, and somebody whose shoulder I can cry on. And we, but it's like, so not helpful because there's nothing that we can, we can't like evaluate that. Mm -hmm. And that's not the definition of a friendship. So, uh, it's helpful when we can identify that every healthy friendship has to have three things and all three things need to be built into that. And if any one of those three things is missing or lacking, then it's not a healthy relationship. And so those three things are positivity is the first one. That means we have to have more reward, more satisfaction, more joy than negativity. So the research shows that we have to have five positive feelings for every negative feeling in any relationship that's going to stay healthy. So uh, that means gratitude, affirmation, laughter, um, empathy, kindness, smile, touch, hug, anything that brings like an acts of service or somebody doing you a favor or somebody who's um, showing curiosity and asking follow-up questions. So anything that like leaves us feeling good mm-hmm. is part of, you know, by definition of friendship, these are people we're choosing to be with and we're going to choose them because they, they leave us feeling better than worse. So that's one requirement. Uh, the second requirement is consistency. Other words for that are regularity, um, repetition. This is where we build history with each other. This is where we keep getting together. We're logging the hours. We're getting to know each other. We're becoming like memory holders with each other. We have these shared memory banks now. We are um, creating a pattern to our friendship. We now know, is this the friend that we meet for coffee or is this the friend where we go for walks? Do we talk every week or do we talk every other mm-hmm. week? You know, So every friendship starts having a pattern that gets developed by this consistency. And with that consistency, um, that one of the important things of that is that it also helps us to be to identify what is consistent in that person's behavior. So that we, what we're actually doing is creating safety and trust through this. Mm-hmm. So the more we get together, the more we can start predicting what the other person will say or think in situations. And we feel safe when we feel like we can predict. So when we can say, last time I shared good news with her, she was excited for me. So therefore I feel safe sharing good news with her again, because we like she has done that in the past. So safety comes when we have practiced being with each other and can kind of start feeling less fearful or insecure about how the other person will respond. So that comes with putting time in. Mm-hmm. And then, so we've got positivity and consistency. And if you only have those two, then that's like a social group. Like you can get together frequently and have fun and that's Mm -hmm. great. But if you actually want it to be a meaningful relationship, then the third ingredient that's required for all healthy relationships is vulnerability. And vulnerability is sharing, revealing, letting more of yourself be seen, talking about subjects that are outside of what you both, like if you got together because of a certain 
mutual friend then or a certain school or work or whatever uh, vulnerability would be talking about subjects outside of those uh, vulnerability would be certainly sharing your insecurities, uh, but it's also sharing what you're feeling good about and your successes and being proud with your friends and bragging with your friends about what's going well and what you're grateful for. Vulnerability is the ability to, um, you know, initiate and reach out with a phone call or email. And like any anytime we're practicing opening up what we communicate and how we communicate, that's vulnerability. So at the end of the day, um, we I can guarantee anybody that any relationship that's not feeling meaningful. And I think Nina, that was one, was that Nina was one of your yeah. questions. Yep. <laughs> it was not feeling, if it doesn't feel good, or if it's not as meaningful as it used to be, then we can immediately look at these three things and say, you can probably identify in each relationship, which of those three things is suffering or lacking. And it might be because consistency's dropped off. So it doesn't feel as meaningful because you're not getting as much vulnerability and positivity. And if you don't actually ever spend time and interact, or it might be that you interact all the time, but, and you share and you have all this vulnerability, but it's like, you know, for whatever reason, it's not feeling good. There's not enough joy to keep you going back there. Or it might be that you're sharing and that it's um, consistent, but, you know, so you can kind of start like seeing which of those three pieces is lacking. And if you want to repair or deepen that friendship, it gives you information as to which one you would need to focus on to build that relationship. Does that make sense? Is that oh, helpful? yeah. That's like the most helpful thing I think I've ever just heard. Just thinking that same thing. <laughs> because, I mean, I, I think that's been our problem, Nina, that we've talked about is that we have these friendships and we know which ones they are for us that just yeah. something's off. Mm-hmm. But we haven't been able to identify really what it just Mm -hmm. it's a gut feeling and so to be able to have those three key areas and almost do like an assessment of each friend and say you know this is what's lacking or this is what I need more of with this particular friend I think can really you know before you maybe throw in the towel and say like oh this just isn't worth it anymore you know you could repair it yeah and it really helped me realize when you were explaining all of these things like the friends that I have, like Liz, or, you know, any of my other friends that I have that fall into those three categories, I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. That's why I feel like you are such a core person in my life because we have all these three things. And then I realized what I was asking my very long-winded question (laughs) from before is like, oh, okay, now I see why I felt so disconnected or I felt so hurt in these areas Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. there's repair to do. And I think now my next question is, like, where do you decide it's time to repair these things? Like, we need to dive into these three steps. And how do you do that without being weird? (laughs) And or how do you say, you know what, maybe it's not worth it? That's those are great questions. And those are the perfect place to go next. And so these three things in my book, Friend Missy, I teach them as a triangle. So positivity is at the base of the triangle. And uh, that's where every friendship has to start. At the end of the day, if it doesn't feel good, we're not going to want to lean in and be consistent with you, which means we're not going to be vulnerable. And so positivity is where we start. So anybody who's wanting to make friends, we know that these are the same three things that we have to be laying the the train tracks if we want a friendship mm-hmm. to develop. These are the three things. But then uh, they at the base of the triangle, all of our friendships come in there and some of them go up this triangle as consistency incrementally moves up. So should our vulnerability incrementally move up. And those two sides of the triangle, consistency and vulnerability should move up, uh, incrementally and, uh, 
like at the same rate with each other, more or less, mm -hmm. um, so that our vulnerability, we can't just vomit our vulnerability on somebody and expect us to now be close to each other. If the, if the vulnerability was more than the consistency had built, then the relationship will falter and fail. And if the consistency goes higher, I mean, we, people we've known forever and we have so much, we feel we trust and all the history with, and yet if we're still not being vulnerable with them, then we will feel like there's a missing link there too. So we need those two to kind of rise up like a shelf, kind of trying to keep it even and going up to the top. And some of our friendships will get to the top. And I'll just say relationships all up and down that triangle are valuable and helpful. And we don't need all of them to get to the top. And most of us can only have a few at the top that we have that time and energy to be that consistent and that vulnerable with. So it's okay. It's okay. Like if the top represents 10 and the bottom represents one, it's okay. If a lot of our, most of our relationships will be fours and fives and that's great. And that they will serve a purpose that's so valuable and amazing. The trick, what you're talking about is when we, a, we want to make sure we have healthy expectations of those. Like one of the big mistakes comes if we have friends who are fives, for example, halfway up that triangle. And if we have not built the rest of our triangle up, six through 10, then we would be at risk of thinking those fives are our best friend. And mm. we would be at risk of expecting them to treat us and act like they're our best friend. And that's where one of the biggest mistakes comes from, because just because that's the person you're closest to, it doesn't mean you have built the friendship that supports a best friend uh, or the or frentimacy, as I would call it, at the top of that triangle. So just because we are fives doesn't mean you should have expectations of me that I'm going to be there for you for everything and call you every week and that we're going to share every single thing together. And so one of the mistakes we make is when we want friends, we often think that we can just audition somebody and plop them <laughs> at the top of the plop them at the top of the triangle, or we kind of like interview them and, and be hurt and frustrated with them and think they're not a good friend if they don't act like a best friend quickly. And that's totally inappropriate. And then we often get our feelings hurt and stuff when our friendships were up higher and they've come down lower. And so that's where you're speaking to, where we have to make the decision of um, whether we want to try to repair those friendships or not. And my rule of thumb is the higher up the triangle you we have developed, the more willing I am to go to great lengths to try to repair those relationships. And so mm -hmm. the people that I've known long, we've loved well, we have um, journeyed, we've been we've seen each other, we've been vulnerable. Like those are the relationships I will go to great lengths to try to repair and to try, I will, I'm willing to like quote sweat a little in order to try to, mm -hmm. I'm, I'll put effort into repairing those relationships because I know I know the investment. I know how long it takes to build and start over and go to the top of that triangle. And I know that sometimes going through hard things will make us feel closer and more trusting of each other. So I'm not scared of that. Um, but if it's somebody who's lower on the triangle and we used to have fun together and it was girls night and we met and we had a good time, but if it doesn't feel as meaningful anymore, it may not be that those are relationships that are worth my energy to try. You know, that if it wasn't that healthy to begin with, there's nothing to repair. Mm -hmm. And B, even if it was a good relationship, it, it's kind of up to each person to decide when they look at how many friends they have up and down that triangle to make those decisions. But the higher up they are in general, I would say that they're worth uh, they're worth trying to repair for sure. Oh my gosh, that just blew my mind. Me too. Because I, first of all, all my my problems with almost every friend that I have is the people wanting me to be a ten. Mm -hmm. like I that, pointed at you. you when, pointed at me. I pointed at Liz when you said that because I was like, "That's your problem, Liz." Like all of your friends think you're the ten, but they're the fives for you, and then you don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you hypothetically, so you get to the point, let's say, where you're like, "All right, you know." I, this friendship needs to, it's not working for me anymore. It's not really salvageable. What's a, 
how do you break up with friends? Because I feel like we're so taught, and I think it goes back to that education and people focusing on, you know, personal relationships with their significant others or their families. I mean, you can't break up with your family, I guess. But, um, you know, I feel like we're so much more trained on how to break up with a boyfriend than Mm -hmm. we are to break up with a friend. Yes. You are so right. And that is one of my heartbreaks because women talk about having their breakups with their friends causing more long-term damage and Mm -hmm. being more painful and hurtful than breakups with uh, romantic interest for this reason to a large degree. And that is that yeah, like you said, when we break up with a with a significant other, there's always like having the talk. You know, you have right. the talk, mm-hmm. and then you like, and then you like solve something. And you okay, we're gonna work at it. And he, I told them I need like this isn't working for me, and I need this, and he, I hate it when he does this, and she da, da. and we have these conversations, and even if we hate having them, we have them, and then we break up, and we get back together, and we fight, and we try like we kind of have a. We know that that might be part of the process sometimes, but with our friendships, we get our feelings so hurt if there's like, if our friend just doesn't do the right thing. And usually like most friendships don't die because somebody really did something mean. Most of them die because we interpreted and we put a meaning to it that if she really cared about me, she would have known she needed to do X. Like it's usually, it's usually a misunderstanding And our friend would normally feel horrible if they knew, but we took it personally and we ended up not, we don't have these conversations. We don't say, I need more of this and this isn't working for me. And I don't like it when you do this. And this is, hurts my feelings. And so we end up just kind of drifting apart and Mm -hmm. people are not, we're not growing. We're not learning from those. We are left being like, what went wrong? I don't know. And then when somebody doesn't make the time for us at the beginning, like I find all the time people are really scared to initiate twice because now we've associated that if they're not making the time for me, they're trying to like get rid of me. And so we have Mm -hmm. this incredible fear of even asking somebody to do something with us or to ask them twice because we, you know, we're not, yeah, we, we just, we just associate somebody ignoring us with them not liking us and trying to get rid of us. And we kind of create, so it is, is caused a lot of heartache, a lot of heartache for sure. Yeah, you're right. I think one of the I think one of the things that we can practice, I wish I could just wave a wand and change culture, (laughs) but yeah, I don't know that I can, like, I I feel like I'm trying to champion us having more of those conversations. And I don't know that it's hard to do that when other people aren't. But I think at the least we can do is with the people who are higher up the triangle, we can at least practice saying, what's one of the ways that I always suggest starting with like, what's the one of the three requirements that's missing or that's the lowest and then what can I do to intentionally help bring more of that mm-hmm. to the relationship and to do, do it by modeling, do it by intention. And then if, if it, that's not working, then I do think it's worth having the conversation, you know, and I do think it's worth saying, I really like you and I love our friendship and I want to protect it. And I feel like because we only see each other every couple of months that it like, it makes me not feel like we're as close to each other. You know, what could we, is there anything that you can think of that we could do that would help us interact more often, you know? And so it's like trying to have that conversation around how, how can we increase our consistency or, um, or I, you know, I often leave, uh, I, I used to have to do this with my friends where I would do so many of the asking of the questions and they would be vulnerable and they would open up. And I would often leave feeling hurt that nobody had asked me about this and they didn't ask mm-hmm. me about this. And so I didn't share as much. And I had to realize that I didn't feel close to those people. And it wasn't necessarily their fault. Like my brain wanted to believe that it was their fault because they didn't ask me questions. But really, it's my fault for not being vulnerable. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who initiates these three things. It's that they have to happen. So I've had to learn to say to some of my friends, 
I love how much, how good you are at sharing your life with me. And I love it. And I've noticed that sometimes I leave our time together and not having shared with you what I want, like what I, what I want to share. Would you, and I know that's my responsibility, but would you be willing to like help me make sure that I am like holding myself to making sure I share with you what's important to me. And my friends are like, Oh my gosh, yes, I would love that. And that, you know, and, and so it like helps us start having these conversations about what we need, hopefully in an affirming way. And hopefully in a way that's like helping rem- I mean, let's be honest, our friends haven't been taught friendship either. So yes. all of us, all of us love each other and everyone's kind of doing the best they can, but very few people are doing it with intention and thoughtfulness and awareness. So if that's on us to kind of like help bring that to the table, then, you know, I wish more women would show up and say, I'm willing to be a champion in this Mm -hmm. way and help teach this. So I don't know. I love that because you're not saying like, you're not listening to me. It's not, it's so much more positive when you are able to express your needs and how those how your role in not having those met, not necessarily mm-hmm. putting back on the person like this need I have isn't being met and it's your fault because it is an equal yeah. partnership. I was going to say, I think so often like our ego kind of gets in the way and a lot of us, I mean, we all play victim mode. You know, we've all done it. We've all played the victim. And a lot of times in relationships and friendships, it's like we don't want to take responsibility. It's so much easier to blame the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're hurt, you're like, well, it's not me hurting myself. <laughs> like, it's you. You're the one that caused me to feel sad or mad. But, I mean, I think, like, if you can take a step back, like you said, and and say to them, this is why I'm feeling hurt. What can we collectively do together to make it better? Then that at least starts a conversation. And then if that's a person, like you said, did you say that? What's the highest level? Ten? Ten, yeah. If that's mm-hmm. a person in your ten level, then they should hopefully be willing to— mend and talk and communicate with you about what needs fixed as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, to your point, uh, 84% of us on big surveys said that we have a toxic friend. So either all of us are friends with the same 16% of toxic <laughs> women out there, or somebody else thinks we're the toxic one. And I think that's sobering, but it's important for us. I think this is where the damage to your point, how quickly it is for us to blame each other is not helpful because in a relationship, there's you, and then there's me, and then there's our relationship. So there's three different entities here. So there's Nina, there's Liz, and then there's this relationship. And when we get hurt, we we blame, we sometimes think it's just Nina and Liz, or, you know, it's the two people. And so we immediately think there's something wrong with the other person. Mm-hmm. But really, it's Nina, Liz, and this relationship. And Nina and Liz both have a lot of other relationships with other people who are going well at that. And those relationships might be feeling really good at the time. So we know it's not just Nina's fault or just Liz's fault. Mm-hmm. And so what we always want to do first is say, okay, so I can't change the other person but I can change that relationship. And so what can I do to show up in that relationship to change how that relationship pattern or relationship dynamic has developed? How can I shift and improve that dynamic? Because it really doesn't help us to like be blaming our friends Mm-mm. when usually our friends have such good motives. Usually 95, 99% of the time, our friends are just doing the best they can and trying to love us the best way they know how. Right. And, um, and most of them aren't out there maliciously trying to hurt you. Like most of our friends are not like trying, waking up being like, how can I disappoint so-and-so today? So I think we can assume that they are wanting to love us well and that we can show up in that relationship and affirm and ask for what we need and see if we can't change that dynamic. You know, a really small example, but this was a big one for me. I used to like, when I would share, if my friends started, I was thinking of this one time where they started giving me advice and I started feeling kind of yucky on the inside. Like I felt like they were 
like I, somehow I was interpreting their advice as judgment mm-hmm. or anything and it didn't feel good. And I've done that enough where I left and I felt like, well, I, that's why I don't share with them is because they just like judge me and they just give me advice and I don't need it. But in the big scheme of the thing, why that's on me. I could have, I, and I now do, if that happens, I now say, oh my goodness, I always love your advice. Thank you so much. You give good advice. But you know what? As I'm like t- sitting here talking about this, I just realized what I really want is like somebody just to tell me that like, yeah, that situation sucked. Yeah. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden I've never had one of my friends be like, no, 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 I don't want to say that. I'm going to keep giving you advice. Like every single time my friends, when I say that are like, oh my gosh, yes, you're right. That does suck. I can't. And then all of a sudden I'm getting my needs met and I mm-hmm. leave that situation feeling happy and amazed. And it just reminds me over and over that our friends just need, we can help them love us better. We can tell them what we need. They want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so we could really make, we could be a big, big change by just showing up and recognizing that third entity of the relationship and saying, how can I show up differently in that, in that circle that combines both of us that would shift this friendship to be more meaningful for me? So much of this conversation is also bleeding into all these other worlds for me. It's like, it's not just friendships. It's also like your husband and your work relationships. Mm And like the thing that keeps popping in my head is like, look, whenever there's an issue, like let's start internally first before we go off and blame everybody else Mm -hmm. or get angry or internalize all of the anger. It's like, let's look at where we are lacking and why we're upset first and then go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I, and it's not to say, and this isn't about assigning fault. So it's not to say because we're at fault or have higher responsibility, but you're right. It's saying, um, it's saying I can't change the other person and I'm going to assume the best of them that they, they like me and they love me. And these are people that I'm meant to be in relationship with right now. And what can I do that would help me express what I need better? And most of us, especially women, I mean, most of us have not been raised to identify what we want, mm-hmm. to name our feelings well. Um, most of us can leave a situation and say that didn't meet my needs, but very few of us actually in the moment or beforehand can actually say, before I go meet my friends tonight, what is it I need? What do I need to share tonight that would make tonight feel good? What do I need? What needs to be seen in me? What what experience am I hoping to have? If we could actually even identify what we need before we get there, then we could actually figure out strategic ways to have that need met. We could say, okay, I really want to talk about this new thing that happened at my job today. Okay. So I'll be disappointed if I leave and don't get to share that with somebody. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to find somebody to share that with, you know? And so we can like, we, we have not been taught to do that well, but we have that kind of control to figure out what we need and like learn how to ask for it and get those needs met so that our friendships feel better. That's so empowering. I've literally have never planned one single friendship encounter ever. I'm like, I'm just going to show up. Here I am. Like, that's all I do is I'm pre- I'm physically most there, yeah, ready to talk. I kind of feel like I have planned really? mine. Oh, man. I don't know. Good. I don't know why. Because when she was talking about that, I feel like if I am going to go, maybe it's because I'm the talker, though. I don't know. Mm. But when I go out, I'm like, oh, I actively really want to talk about this and get this off my chest. Or I want to, like, get down and discuss these topics when we're all together. I don't know why, but I feel like I'm a planner when it comes to. But then, but then I think I'm the one that overrules sometimes and then people get upset with me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Liz I've, is like, yeah. No, no. I'm <laughs> saying, no, I'm saying because I actually, so I have um, a health coach that I work with, but she's like a million times more than that. She's really more of a life coach. But one time we were talking and I realized how, little I was listening to other people, which was kind of upsetting to me because I do so much for other people that I don't think of myself as 
being selfish, I guess, in how I'm like talking about myself all the time. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I I agree not because I'm like yeah you know, but I'm no, saying I, like I'm just joking anyway. <laughs> I'm saying like I have been the person where I leave a conversation. I'm like ooh, I should have asked more questions yeah. of that person than I talk about myself. Yeah, I think it's hard sometimes to even know how to be a good friend. Like you said, we're not taught this. And so sometimes we leave these conversations. We're like, wow, I could have done so much more. Like, what does that friend need? That's another issue I have with friendship. Sometimes I don't know what to give each person Mm -hmm. Mm because they each need different things. And then I leave feeling like I didn't offer that person what they needed in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's one of my favorite parts of friendship is the, like, one of my girls groups, we get together and we do like love languages, the book love languages one year. And we each share what our love languages are and talk about it. And one year we did like Myers-Briggs and Mm -hmm. it's fun to like get to know our friends in different ways. Because to your point, I know one of my friends love language is, and the five love languages, just for those as a refresher, we all feel loved and we give and receive love in different ways, according to this one book. And one is acts of service. One is physical touch. One is quality time. One is words of affirmation and gift giving. And so it's help. I am not gift giving, but I know which two of my friends are gift giving. And those mm-hmm. two people get birthday, they get birthday presents from me. <laughs> it's not because I love them more, but it's because I know how much it matters to them. I know that their feelings get hurt and that they, that matters yes. as much as they try to pretend it doesn't sometimes. Whereas I, with my other friends, I know that it's like not a big deal to them and they would just feel guilty if I got them a gift and they'd feel like they have to get me one. And you know, so it's, it is, you're right. There is some degree of like, learning who our friends are. Um, one of my favorite questions is like, tell me, and this is kind of fun because it's affirming, but it's so, um, it's so informative. And this is true for like a marriage too, but it's like, tell me the things that people have done for you or that, or that I've done for you, or you know, depending on how close you are to them, like that have made you feel the most loved before. Like, I want to do a better job of like loving you. You know, what are the things that stand out to you that like have helped you feel supported by me? And that's so helpful because then in the ter- in the language of affirmation, they get to name the things and it, it, and that big gift you brought back from a trip that may not even make it on their list, you know, mm-hmm. and like realize realizing that you showed up at their baby's birthday party made made the list. And so Mm -hmm. you start learning and hearing like what matters to this friend that makes that friend feel loved, you know? And so absolutely it is kind of a, kind of a learning about and asking those questions and being curious enough. And who among us would not want our friend to say, I want to love you well, tell me what that looks like. Like what makes you feel supported? You know, what makes you feel loved? And and it, it might feel awkward, but who of us wouldn't, like be so thrilled to have a friend ask that of us and yeah. like be paying attention to that. Oh, I would love that because because in off in many cases we want to say it mm-hmm. but we don't yes. know how. <laughs> so if someone does that for you and asks the question, mm-hmm. it takes all that weirdness out of it from being on the other end and building up that resentment and saying like, "Oh, I wish this person would just understand XYZ about me," you know. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, I I agree with you. I think to be able to do it where we feel like we're getting to affirm that person feels so much safer. So, and yeah, just so helpful, so informative. So, do you have any advice for us or our listeners that are saying, okay, these are some conversations I want to have with my friends, or maybe they want to talk to one of their friends about those three areas that need improvement? How do you suggest they do that if it's very uncomfortable for them and they're not even sure how to begin? I always give the advice if it's an awkward conversation, the I always say there's two A's, the two things that I think everybody should try to do more of, and that is affirm and ask. So affirm and ask, like that's my mantra, affirm and ask. So affirm means always start with like what your 
wanting. You're a, you're saying I'm doing this because I want, I value our friendship. I'm doing this because I love you because I want our friendship to be healthier because I want our friendship to be stronger because we, and so it's like right off the bat, this is not, I'm not here to attack you. I'm not like, it's, it's affirm what we love and affirm who that person is and they matter to us. Mm-hmm. And then the sooner we can get into asking mode, the better. So rather than saying, you know, so let's have an example. So rather than saying somebody who's like really negative and they're always complaining and it just, you find yourself not wanting to go be with them because it always just feels like a downer and that kind of stuff. So rather than sitting down and saying, so I need to talk to you and have this big conversation. And this is like, so, um, so like, you're just never, you're always so negative, you know? So what we don't want to do is just dive into this problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we want to be like, I love you. And I am so grateful for all the memories that we have had and all the times we've been there for each other. And I really value being there for each other through the ups and downs. And I feel like right now you're in a really hard space. And I know that that I want to be there for you in that space. I also know how important it is to our friendship that we still laugh together and we still figure out ways to have fun and that it still feels good what can, what can we do? Is there anything that you can think of? Like, let's brainstorm what we could do to like, uh, bring more joy to our time that we do Mm -hmm. spend together, even though you're going through a hard thing and that's real. And I still want to like be there for you. I also want to make sure that we still remember to have fun together and that we still like, you know, so what can we do together? And so it's really asking and inviting them to be a brainstormer as quickly as possible. So we don't need to have it all solved. We don't need to like have the solution of what we'd rather have happen. We don't need to say, okay, we need to like go to a comedy club with this person or she needs to start being more grateful or we don't have to solve it. We can just like affirm and ask, you know, and I think the more we can do those two things in any conversation, the um, the better the results will be, hopefully. And and I think it's okay for us to say, hey, I read this article or I read this book or I heard this podcast, and she said that our relationship has to have these three things. You know, which one do you think is would be the one that we should is the one that we need to build up the most in our friendship to keep it healthy? You know, or I heard this and they said that we have to have five positives for every negative, which is so interesting. And I, I think we do that, don't you think we do that? Or like, mm. but what? What can we do that would like add more positivity to our relationship? What makes you feel happy when we are together? You know, so I think it's okay to like share what we're learning with each other and, um, and kind of open it up in general terms there. Oh, this is like the most helpful advice I think I've ever gotten. Whoever, who recommended we get a friendship expert on the show? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to get on our <laughs> Facebook group and be like, thank you. Seriously. Well, I'll tell you what. And it just goes to your point about how people aren't talking about this. Like, so I was the one trying to find people that specialize in friendship. And there aren't a lot of people yeah. that make that their, you yeah. know, their area of focus. So yeah. I do have a question that kind of switches gears a little bit and then I want to kind of go into girlfriendcircles.com because it's kind of related. So this is a selfish question for me. I am probably within the next year or so going to relocate to a different part of the state and Nina has talked about relocating also. So this is actually for both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But what would you recommend for anyone who is maybe in a new city and has a limited or not yet existing social circle? How do you make, I I had so weird to ask that. How do you make friends? (laughs) Like without being, you know, I think of when you used to go on the playground and be like, do you want to be my friend? Okay. (laughs) You know what's funny? Check the box. Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just came back from Denver, and one of my friends that I went out to dinner with just moved there a couple years ago. She was talking about this exact same thing in that she misses Ohio. She was like, I really, I love Denver, but she said she misses Ohio and that, like, all of her core friends are here, and she hasn't quite Mm -hmm. found that there yet. And it really made me think, 
like, and I said, I was like, it's just really hard to find friends as an adult. You know, it is. Like, it, it sometimes is. Well, and let's remember what made it easy when we were kids was the consistency. The consistency yeah. was automatic. It wasn't that friendship was automatic. It was that consistency was automatic. Mm-hmm. So what? So that is why it's still harder or st- still easier, excuse me, to make friends with people we work with or because our consistency is automatic mm-hmm. or when we can show up in something where we don't have to be initiating and scheduling that interaction. So when we want to move to a new place, um, I love that you're actually stopping and thinking about that because I do think we as a culture have made it, we've moved so easily for so We think jobs are more important and uh, and even sometimes romance we're willing to move for, but we're, what the research keeps showing that that feeling, so it's not to say we can't move, but we really should not uh, undersell the relationships and the community and our friendships and yeah. really take that into one of those factors that it will take us years. Even I'm an outgoing person who knows friendship and understands it. And no matter how good I am at it, it will still take me years to get people to the top of that triangle where we feel Mm. where we have that pattern and that safety and that friendimacy. So, um, so two things I would say, uh, Liz, it's a great question. And one is be thoughtful about who you're leaving and which of those relationships are really important to you to stay in touch with and put a plan together to do that because mm-hmm. everybody has good intentions of staying in touch with people. And we cannot stay in touch with everybody and still have the energy to invest in new relationships. But when I have moved, I have found like one girlfriend and I've said, hey, would you be willing to like schedule a weekly call with me at least for the first six months while I move just so that I have somebody that I'm like, close to and feeling safe with and sharing my life with. And in that case, she said, yes. And we've been, we're, we've been doing it for 10 years now. Oh, <laughs> and the six months have turned in every Wednesday at one o'clock. She and I <laughs> talk. So, um, it was, it's been a gift to both of us. And that is such a great relationship because then no matter how many times each of us moves, we know that we've got one friend that we're like still sharing our hearts with. We don't feel completely lonely. Mm-hmm. So I would say put a plan together to be, to make sure you have the consistency with somebody that you can still be vulnerable with because as you're making new friends, your vulnerability is going to be lower, which means that you're, everyone you're going to be interacting with, you're, they're not going to see you. They're not going to know you. They're not going to see all of you. It will be a long time before you can say, I feel seen and known by this person. Mm-hmm. And so make sure you have that in your life. And then just have really healthy expectations of knowing that you're going to go in and you're going to be meeting people. And most of us, we think the problem is meeting people, but for most of us, it's not actually meeting people. We kind of know where to meet people. We mm-hmm. actually don't know what to do with the people we're meeting. And mm-hmm. um, so when we actually can say with the people you're meeting, you know now that you have to have positivity, consistency, and vulnerability. So for most of us, it will be easier to find a way if we can join something that is consistent, like an improv group or work or an association, a monthly association mm-hmm. gathering or a book club, anything we can join it will help us feel less creepy because we our only two our only two choices with consistency. I mean, there's only two choices. One is you join something that's consistent, or B, you have to create the consistency, yeah. which means you need to show up and say, "Okay, I'm going to reach out. Okay, I'm going to email her. Okay, we're going to follow up. Okay, we're going to ask her if I can do this again in two weeks. Okay, we're and you have to keep that ball rolling, and and that's fine. But no, you have to do that. So one or the other, you're going to have to meet people and you're going to have to start figuring out how to get that consistency up. Because if you can't get that consistency up, then um, you can't be, there's no space for you to be positive and vulnerable. Like you have to have time together in order to get those other two pieces in. So really your biggest challenge moving there will be to figure out how to repeat seeing the same people often enough so that it starts feeling comfortable. Hmm. I feel very like feel kind of like a weight's been lifted off because the one thing that has kept me from moving 
is my friend circle Mm -hmm. and not feeling like I could ever find that anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of feel like, oh, okay. Like all I got to do do is like find things to do and then like really start making a habit out of interacting with those people and knowing what other parts I have to incorporate in that relationship as I'm practicing that consistency. I'll be your once a week call. Well, duh. I already thought that. Aside from Wine and Shine, which we're still going to continue. We are. We are. That's not, that's a different type of conversation. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's beautiful what you just said. And I love that um, it is a, it is empowering because I think so many times we've been taught that if we don't have good friends, it's because we haven't found the right people yet. And so then when you move, it's more daunting because you're just like, you feel like you have to like look for this needle in a haystack and then you have to find all these people. And the truth of the matter is, and this is like the dirty little secret, I could match you up with somebody completely random and you two could become best friends if you practice these three things. At the end of the day, it has less to do with how much we like each other, ironically, and more to do with how much we do these three things. So you are completely empowered to know that anybody you want to be close to, these three things bond you. And uh, you can't do these three things and not feel a bond. So that's not to say that it will happen with every single person because there has to be some reciprocation, but mm-hmm. it is to empower you to say you can absolutely um, do this. And, and like most women, we've, I did one of my surveys said that most of us need six to eight interactions before we start feeling kind of close to that person and start feeling like we're friends. And so you think about if you, if you kind of spread that out to every, you know, seeing each other once every two months, it's going to take you a year to get those six interactions mm-hmm. in. Whereas if you could see them every week, it's going to be, you know, a month and a half and you're going to have those in. So it is very, um, when you can start looking at the numbers, it sh- should be very encouraging to you to say, this isn't, this isn't just left a chance. You actually can do this and you can actually do it faster by knowing what it is you're doing and, and yeah. keeping that up if you can. I mean, it all clicks when I think of my friends. Like when yeah. you're speaking all of this, like each of my friends are kind of running through my brain. And it also makes me think, Liz, we have a group text. So shout out to the BBE if anybody is listening. No, it's the FHBBE. The, <laughs> it's, it's a group text that we've changed the name of like many times. times. Um, but also one lives in Cincinnati. Like one lives right around the corner. One's in Virginia. Um, and then us. And then there's us. And so like we've all, and like two of them have babies now. And so we just don't get to see each other very often mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. But in college, it was like, we were always there and we had all the three things, right? Like consistency and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, we still have the consistency because we're talking, we text all the time, whether or not it's like in person and we're always sharing our stories. And mm, I, good. it's like that when I think of that friendship, ship with all those girls. I'm like, oh, we're doing it, you know? Even yeah. through a text message. <laughs> yeah, even if it's through a text message. Yep. Like, we're still yep. trying and we're sending, you know, we try and see each other whenever we can and we'll have our girls' retreats and... Yeah. Now with babies this now year. Now with babies, yeah. <laughs> and those are so important. I'm a big fan of long-distance relationships because truly, like you just said, they can have babies and it actually doesn't affect your friendship that much, which is crazy because if you live next to each other, um, then if somebody starts dating or somebody goes yeah. has a baby, you actually like the relationship shifts quite a bit. Like how much, what do we do when we spend time together and how much time do we spend? And like all that stuff shifts over and over. So those are important to have those local relationships and staying in touch with long distance friends. It's like, I've got to tell you, I've done, I have one group of friends like that one where we've been mm-hmm. together for 12 years and it's amazing. They can just have babies and it's like, it doesn't, as long as they're showing up for girls weekend yeah, <laughs> you right. know, like and, and texting when they can, like you would, their relation, our interaction does not shift and change. And yeah. so there is something really powerful about that. So those are great relationships to keep up. 
Well, tell us about Girlfriend Circles. So it's kind of like an online community that you've created to get this education out there. Explain us how that works and how people can look more about it or learn more about it and why you started it. Yeah. Well, and maybe the best way for people, the first, the first best place for people to go is, um, you can go to girlfriend circles or Shasta Nelson. And at the top of both pages, there's a frontimacy quiz that everyone can take. And it, it asks you 10 questions in each of these three areas of requirements, and it will give you a score. So you actually can score yourself on how you're showing up in your friendships and positivity, mm. consistency, and vulnerability and see which area you kind of collectively would want to work on to be a better friend, which is fun. Mm. If you then want more, Girlfriend Circles is like a community where we have like a monthly class on friendship skills. Um, You know, one month it was like the five acts of vulnerability and one month it was like how to have tough conversations and another month it's like Mm -hmm. understanding Myers-Briggs with our friendships. So kind of just fun topics that help us practice those things in our relationships. Uh, Also, you can go to thefriendshipuniversity.com and that's like you can buy those same classes a la carte. So if there's just one or two that's interesting to you, um, that's a fun place to go to. Because the truth is most of us just... You know, we'll go buy 20 books on how to have a child and pregnancy and how to like meet the right one and date and all that stuff. But um, yeah, we have so much to learn when it comes to our friendships. So these classes have been really, really helpful to so many people where they just, where like today, you just, when, as we talk about it, we're just like, Mm -hmm. oh wait, that's so, this is so much more helpful to be informed than to just be doing this blindly. So that's been really fun. And then I do retreats and I do a big trip every year to a different part of the world where we go meet women in other parts of the country and other parts of the world. So yeah, if you want to be on my list, just go to ShastaNelson.com and I would be thrilled to be in touch with any and all of you and help in whatever way. Awesome. So do you get to watch people form friendships through your group? Yes. That is so cool. I that must be that. amazing for you. <laughs> it is. I have this one event called the Friendship Accelerator and I come home from it and my husband like just laughs at me now when I walk in the door because like I, I, like I used to say it. I'm like, I feel like a mad scientist. Like I feel like a chemist who's in a lab and I'm like a little this and a little, I'm like, I made friendships. You know, I feel like. <laughs> Match.com for like, friends. <laughs> it is. It's like, it makes me feel so where you just watch the laughter and the bonding yeah. and it's like without fail. It's like when you know what, what it takes to bond people, you can just be like, I did that. And really they did it. But you know, yeah, yeah. it feels, it is, it gives you a high to know and to see people moving from loneliness and just feeling like they're kind of like a victim to it to mm-hmm. actually being like, wow, I'm going to listen to that hunger. I'm going to, the same way I would, if I were hungry, I would go eat food. Like I'm going to listen to that loneliness and go do something about it. And it's empowering to give women information on what that something is they can go do to actually start fostering that, you know, the connection we all need, we all crave. So, so important. Yeah. This has just been so informative and I, in my, I, I'm taking classes for IIN to get my health, so health coach certification right now. And they talk about like primary food and secondary food and primary food is all of the things we're talking about now. Like it might be finances and friendships and relationships and career. And we forget that those pieces are so crucial for our overall health. And friendship is one of those primary foods. It's, it's so important. And once, like, I think like you said, like once people start realizing and mending these relationships and kind of healing this piece of them, they feel so much better. So I'm so glad we had this conversation. I know. I feel like we needed it. We definitely did. Well, and I'm so glad you are both willing to talk about it and bring me on because this is a subject that we really need way more women reading about and talking about. And, um, 
Yeah, my book, Frentimacy, there's actually a book guide with it. So I'm always a big fan of women getting together. It gives them a great chance to talk about friendship and for us to like teach friendship and learn friendship together and stuff like that, where when we have shared language, it just helps our friendships too and stuff. So thank you for having me on Absolutely. and for, for helping spread the word on healthy relationships. Yeah, yes. thank you so much. Where can our listeners learn more about you if they want to connect with you? So you mentioned your website. Are you also on social media anywhere that they can find you? Yes, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And it's like, if you just Google, if you just go to ShastaNelson.com, actually, you can link to all my other social media from there. So that would probably be the easiest way. Or just Google my name on each of those. But yeah, Shasta Perfect. Nelson. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Oh my, I feel just empowered to Yay. look at all my relationships and just even the ones that were stressing me out a little bit. I feel like I now have a new perspective. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm so glad. And blessings on both of you as you decide whether you're moving and as you keep <laughs> building those awesome friendships. And thanks for the good work you're doing, modeling awesome friendship. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, guys. Well, we really hope that you enjoyed that episode with Shasta. I know that me and Liz had a lot of epiphanies happening during that entire yes. episode. Um, and it's giving me a lot of tools to take and reevaluate my friendships and make them better. Yeah, I'm excited. I think we can start putting this stuff into practice right away. So this brings me to another point, which is the Wine and Shiners Facebook group. And that is that we never would have had this topic had we not heard feedback from listeners in that group. Yeah. So shout out to Sam and Ellie. And Ellie, listen, I'm going to sound real dumb American right now. I'm terrified that because you are not from America that it's actually like Ely or something really <laughs> we want to make sure really we're saying fancy. your name right also we love you and we talk to you via email and social media all the time and you warm our hearts so, so please let us know if it's Ellie because I'm like I bet it's fancy and it's like Ely or something <laughs> <laughs> but Ellie is so easy and that's that's what we're going for today I'm about 99% sure it's, it's Ellie so. yeah me too but anyway Ellie and Sam your topic is what we're talking about today, which just goes to show, you know, please let us know other listeners out there. If you have something you want us to cover and even better, if you know someone that talks about this, that you can send our way, Mm -hmm. you know, we're definitely always looking for new topic ideas. And, you know, there's only the two of us. We only have two brains. We'd like to have a thousand brains giving input. And more ideas. (laughs) So join the Wine and Shiners Facebook group. It's been a good time. Also, guys, we have a couple other pieces of news that you may have heard on our latest episode, but we now have a Patreon account, which we're really excited about. And so if you're enjoying the podcast and you would like to donate, you can head on over to patreon.com slash wine and shine podcast. There are some hard costs with running the podcast each month. So we would really appreciate any help that you're willing to give. It helps us continue to bring on amazing guests and hopefully get some events going on for those of you um, either in Columbus or we could do some virtual events coming soon as well. Yeah. And finally, we are going to be sending out weekly wind-ups every Monday for you guys with the newest episodes, the blog posts, and any cool happenings with Wine and Shine. So if you want to be a part of our email list, just head over onto our website and there's a subscription box at the top. I think that covers it for special announcements. It does. Oh, you shook your head. No, I was like, no, it doesn't. We're going to keep going. It does. No, it really does. That's it. That's all we have for you today. Well, thank you again for tuning in as always. And we look forward to chatting next time. See you guys then.